Welcome to the Boundless Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Mona Abo, helping ambitious women of color to become an empowering force and launch a lucrative online business they love. Hello, Boundless Being. Thank you so much for being here with me today. In this episode, we're talking about self-care. And the question that I'm asking is, is self-care a luxury women of color cannot afford? So I know the title is a bit um, controversial. And this is an episode that means a lot to me because... In this episode, I'm actually sharing some of the things that I've recently discovered about myself when it comes to self-care. I have to be honest, the concept of self-care is something that's a bit foreign to me. And you might be surprised to hear that, but As I gain more self-awareness and I start to ask myself why self-care is not something that comes up for me often, it's something that I do when I'm really exhausted. (laughs) It's not something that, um, that comes up for me easily, right? Uh, So I find myself pushing myself to the limit. And so as I start to wonder where this might come from, why self-care is not a concept that I'm consciously aware and recognizing all the time. What I'm starting to realize is that I have been conditioned to not care about my self-care. I'm going to repeat that. What I'm starting to realize is that I'm conditioned to not care about my self-care. Let me explain what I mean. There's a Somali proverb that says, Basically, what that translates to is, if there's someone sleeping on you, don't sleep. In other words, if you have people depending on you, You can't afford to sleep. This proverb explains exactly how I feel about self-care. As a young single mother, I often was busy doing everything, being everything for my kids, trying to cover their needs, trying to be there for them. At the end of the day, there was not much left for self-care for me. I was on that survival mode, right? So if my kids went to bed happy, the day was successful. There was basically nothing left to give. That became a mindset that I find myself carrying through different stages in my life. And even going back before being a mother, I am a middle child. And so oftentimes the thing about the psychology about middle children is that they learn to make do without their parents' attention, right? Because there's a child that's younger than them 
and there's a child that's older than them. So by the time they come into this world, the child has to share their parents' attention because there's an older child already there. And when the younger sibling arrives, then they're ki- they kind of lose their space, right? So there's, there's an older child that automatically gets the number one attention as a firstborn. And then there's the baby, right, that gets more attention too because, you know, you have to take care of the baby. And then the middle child somewhat gets forgotten. And I think part of, you know, my makeup is due to that too. So as I entered the workforce, um, thinking back, I carried a lot of that with me. I, I was always the person going above and beyond showing what I'm capable of, never saying no, never complaining. And having the need to show my employer that they made a good choice when they selected me, showing them that hiring me was not a mistake. So in the back of my mind, I always felt like I had to prove myself. And When I finally became a manager, um, that feeling only got worse for me. It only became more pressure for me. I was managing a team of 20 individuals. I saw myself as having 20 bosses. I felt that it was up to me to make sure that they were happy. I was the go-to person for everything, for their personal and professional issues. I had that open door policy, literally. My door was always open. But the problem with that was that I felt their needs were always more urgent than mine. I felt that I had responsibility to always be there for them and make sure that they were okay. I did that because I felt this was my responsibility and I wanted to do a good job. I wanted to support my people the best way that I could at all costs. In the background though, the story that was playing was like me so that I can keep my job. I felt if I talked about my needs, I wouldn't be seen as a strong person. I would be dispensable. I was one of those people that you will never hear complaining about anything at work. I'd find a way to make it work, even if it meant to my detriment. I thought that's how you become valued, how you keep your job. And as a woman of color, I felt that I couldn't afford to complain. I felt that if I complained, I would run the risk of being seen as lazy or, God forbid, difficult. Can you relate to this? At the end of the day, I felt so depleted, tired, and exhausted that I had no more energy left for my family and myself. I would just come home and crash, only to repeat the same thing next day. And now, as an entrepreneur, I still catch myself at times this mindset showing up and persisting. I catch myself feeling like I have to be everything 
for everyone. Sometimes putting myself in situations that don't serve me. The thing that I have to be mindful of is that if I don't show up for myself, who will? I can't expect others to know what my needs are if I'm not communicating them. No one can do self-care for me, no matter how much they love or care for me. So that's something that I'm learning to be mindful of, to understand that my needs do matter, that work is not everything. I'm allowed to relax. I'm allowed to prioritize myself, my needs. I know deeply that everything will be okay, right? Taking time off, taking care of myself, turning everything off will not result in disaster. Everything will be okay. So I have to have that deeper meaning that, deeper understanding, deeper knowing that everything will be okay and nothing will be lost by me taking care of myself. One mistake that I made as a parent is that I've always sheltered my children from problems, struggles that I was going through, challenges I was facing. I wanted them to have a worry-free growing up, a worry-free childhood, a worry-free life. But what I realized is that even your kids need to understand that you're human and that you have needs. Sometimes my children, although they're grown-ups now, but still children somehow, <laughs> say, Mom, you're superhuman. And it sounds flattering, and I kind of laugh about it, but I'm also aware of the fact that because I didn't share my pain points, my struggles, my challenges with them, they may think that I don't have any. This is why it's important to allow kids to understand your needs as a parent and your challenges without traumatizing them. That helps them understand and appreciate you and have compassion and empathy for you and others. As I become more aware of this, I realize that the mindset behind this way of thinking is lack. It's the belief that my needs are not important, that I exist only to serve others. And even though I believe and often communicate that we should be of service to others, that our work should make positive impact, but that does not mean that we have to devalue our worth to support others. The thing is, the energy behind when you're serving from a place of lack and scarcity is different than when you're serving because you genuinely want to support. It doesn't feel forced or draining. You don't have to prove yourself. You do it while recognizing your own worth and wanting to support others without jeopardizing your own needs. It should be an equal and mutually beneficial relationship. It's an exchange, right? You are providing support 
but you're also gaining what you need from that relationship, whether that's um, getting paid for your services, respecting your own boundaries, respecting the boundaries of the relationship, respecting the agreements of the relationship. You have to be getting what you need. And if you at some point feel that you are holding your side of the bargain, that you are giving but not receiving, then that relationship is not equally and mutually beneficial. And so you have to work towards bringing that balance back. So as you reflect on this topic, think about what feelings are coming up for you when it comes to self-care. Do you feel comfortable to say no when something feels too much for you? Do you feel like you need a strong reason to say no? Like you have to justify why you're saying no? Do you feel resistance expressing your needs? Do you feel, if you're honest about what your needs are or how you feel you're going to hurt others? Do you feel like you have to do it all by yourself? Do you feel that you have the strong black woman syndrome, doing everything, keeping it together, keeping strong for everyone? Do you feel exhausted? Do you feel unwilling to do fun things just for you? Remember, just because you have responsibilities does not mean that you don't have to practice self-care. Self-care is a feeling that you matter and that you're worthy of prioritizing your needs above everything else and everyone else. Here are some signs when you're not prioritizing self-care. You put yourself last or feel guilty about doing things for yourself. Your self-care is an occasional pamper one-off treat, like putting on masks or taking a bath or going to get your nails done. All those things are positive things, but self-care is not something you do once in a while. It's not something you do once a week. It's something that's embedded in your day-to-day. It's like breathing, right? It's just something that you have to live with and you have to become in tune with. Here's another sign. If you're finding yourself that you have to put self-care on the to-do list, it only adds more stress. Self-care needs to be integrated into your daily life. Another sign is if you treat self-care as if it's a solitary pursuit, meaning that it's something that you have to do by yourself. Self-care sometimes means asking for help. Another thing that we often mistake self-care for is self-improvement, right? Sometimes we're on that self-improvement journey. We want to go to the gym. We want to work on our mindset. We want to work on our self-improvement in different ways. And that could be seen as self-care, but self-care is something that you do for yourself, not to fit in society's perception of who you should be. It's more being in tune with your needs and doing what you need to do for yourself. So even in your self-improvement journey, right, as you improve yourself and you work on becoming the better version of yourself, 
within that, you have to practice self-care, right? You have to recognize your needs and make that as your guiding balance in everything that you're doing, in every endeavor that you're taking. So, you know, as you improve yourself, know when to shift, know when to adjust things, depending on what your self-care needs are at the time. Another sign or another mistake is that sometimes people think self-care is always pleasant. Self-care is sometimes doing hard stuff, things that are not comfortable, things that are difficult. So that means maybe going to see a therapist to take care of yourself. It means going to see a dentist. It means, you know, working on your budgeting and your finances. It's not comfortable, but you have to do it because it's going to help you down the road. It's going to alleviate a lot of the stress that might lead to not having a healthy relationship with your finances. And so it's not always feel-good things. Sometimes people, you know, do stuff like going out and spending a lot of money, going on trips to spend a lot of money on themselves, money that they cannot afford, right, to just come back and be in debt. And then see it as self-care or self-love. But ultimately, it doesn't uh, make you feel good. It may make you feel good for the moment, but long-term, you have to be mindful of the aftermath feeling of your actions, right? So indulging in certain things, things that are not good for you may feel good at that moment, but down the line is not healthy for you. So, you know, those are the signs when it comes to recognizing that self-care is not a priority for you, that you're not in tune with your needs And you are just really not seeing your needs as as, as important as others. And personally, I'm learning this. This is something that um, I'm not used to being aware. This is something that I know for a lot of you, it may seem surprising, but that this is my truth, self-care is a concept that I'm learning to get better at. And I'm learning to um, understand where I need improvement on. And I'm learning to be aware that self-care, self-compassion, and self-love is a lifelong commitment and that we all need to embrace it uh, to be happy and content in our, in our own skin. So this year, I want to be more intentional to care for me. And so with that, I will encourage you to consider self-care as as a priority, as something that you should grow into for 2022 and beyond. Thank you so much for joining the Boundless Mindset Podcast. 
Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on the iTunes Purple app. If you're on social media, you can find me at The Boundless Mindset on Instagram and Facebook. Please tag me and let's continue this conversation. Until next time, stay boundless.